Wow, it's wonderful to see you all here this morning online. God bless you. Thanks for being part of this today. Why don't you stand for a moment? Just pray for Israel. They're under attack. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. You ask us to pray for Israel anyway in the Psalms, Lord. And Father, we want to lift up the great nation, your firstborn. The great nation of Israel. Father, just, just, just surrounded by the enemies. Father, we know you've always had your hand on this beautiful nation. And you will always have your hand on this beautiful nation. And we ask you right now for protection, divine protection, military protection, life protection in every way in this region right now. We pray for Hamas to stop shooting and stop invading. And we pray in Jesus' name for the peace to return in that nation, in those nations. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you brew over this and that you make this come to an end in the name of Jesus. And we all say, amen. amen. You may be seated. Also quickly about Grace and Glory event. Sad news in some ways, Rob Rufus can't make it uh, because his wife is still uh, sick uh, in the hospital. But uh, our good friend, he's taken his place, is uh, Matthew Lansdowne. And so uh, many of us love Matthew Lansdowne. And he's been in many years uh, for our Sonship Conference every year, except for last uh, this year. Um, so he'll be here uh, without his long hair. I know. I looked at him and said, you don't look like Jesus anymore. And so he's doing the short hair now. And so you got better preach better now because you haven't got the whole thing of the image that already makes people fall in love with you. You know, so that's good. Uh, so they'll be, and of course, Chad Mansbridge will be here. So make sure you sign up. It's one of our DNA conferences, and you will love it so much. Amen. Also, this, uh, the prayer meetings this week uh, will be uh, mainly talking or praying into the politics uh, about the election coming up. So on Tuesday at uh, 6 p.m., please be here so we can pray together for righteousness to exalt this nation. And again on Thursday at 12, 12 to the noon one, uh, 12 to uh, 1 on a Thursday uh, afternoon, uh, please come and uh, be part of praying. Are you praying on Saturday too, this particular one? Praying on Saturday at 3 o'clock here, also at 3 o'clock on Saturday. So it's going to be an amazing time of just leaning into the Holy Spirit. Wow, I've got some great things to go through today. We are continuing our series in the Kingdom Life, which will be another three weeks. And then we have the Grace and Glory Conference. And then we're going into another uh, series called Amazing Grace uh, for a month, which will be amazing too. Uh, but anyway, so now we're going to in the kingdom life. And so we saw that the kingdom life, our theme uh, scripture for kingdom life is Matthew 6, uh, 10, which is all about your kingdom come. Your, let's say it together. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we see that the flow of the kingdom always is from heaven to earth. What it means in our lives is that we need to align, us, align ourselves to the heavenly realities, to the heavenly glory, to the heavenly part of who God is, what he wants, his principles, his glory, and the power and the provision and the protection and everything in life really comes from him. It is a flow from heaven to earth, not from earth to heaven. Yes, we can petition and pray, but it's from heaven to earth. It's quite countercultural. And about a month ago, I did this uh, talk about the upside-down kingdom. And so the upside-down kingdom talks about quite a countercultural kingdom that the kingdom of God is to our own, counter, uh, our own culture, which is quite the opposite. And so sometimes it's really hard for us to live in this because we're trying to live like we normally live. But Jesus says, no, no, the kingdom is so different. Live like for my principles, for my reality, for my promises, for my everything. And so that's why there's a turnaround. Now, one of the things that I felt to this week is that um, you can't stroke the cat the wrong way. Now, I have a loving relationship with my cat. She's feral. 
We found her in a, in a pig sty. Uh, somebody found her and then gave it to us. Mother was dead and blah, blah, blah. And you can, you can, you can, you can touch her head. And his head. His, isn't he? No, she, her. She had babies. Her, her head. Her head. I don't even know. I don't know. What do I know? But another cat is Reese. Reese is a boy. I know that one. Uh, but the thing is, oh, this one is a girl. Anyways, you can't sit on me. Lovely. And you spur her head, you know, and she purrs. And you can do everything with her head. I mean, you can almost squeeze the head. No problem at all. I touch anything else. And she goes, Row! And she'll bite my hand. She'll drop away. And I'll kick her. And I'll say, what are you doing? I love you all the time. And why are you react like me like this, like a woman? No, 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 just kidding, this, this, no, 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 <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so, so the, the, the point is, you, you stroke a cat, not, you know, the right way. And even she is getting better with me now, that way. You never go the other way. You never go the other way. But the thing is, though, that's what we do. If the kingdom of God, if the cat is the lion of Judah, is it is God himself, then we'll stroke the wrong way around. And we often come to the kingdom the wrong way around. And we try to stroke the cat this way. It doesn't work. Actually gets really upset about it. It's not good for you and for anybody in this way. Now, I had a word last Sunday night for some people, but I felt the same for all of us, at least some of us, let's say, uh, in this room, uh, very powerful in this regard. I had this word that I saw people bang their head against the wall or against the door like this. I want to see a breakthrough in my life. And I felt so strong that as a cat needs to turn around because the cat is, as you need to turn around, because the cat won't turn around, the kingdom won't turn around. You need to turn around. We need to align ourselves to the cat, right? To the kingdom. And so we need to turn around because God's kingdom is a different way. And you're trying to find your relief or your, or your breakthrough in a way that doesn't work. There's a few things. One in the kingdom, the way up is the way down. The way up is the way down. So you're trying to get something. You kind of go up there somewhere. But God is saying, no, no, you go down. I'll get you up there. That is the change of the kingdom of God. We try and do it ourselves, the thing that doesn't work this way. The same way as giving. Some of you are trying to get some stuff. I need really to get this stuff. And God says, well, give. So, no, 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 I don't want to give, I want to get. I say, I know, but the kingdom of God, you give to get. It works that way. So some of us need to become faithful in giving, even to this house. Giving faithfully because you have the breakthroughs are not coming until you become faithful. Woo, tough word. It's the kingdom of God. It works that way. The principles of God's work that way is you first give, and then God gives. It's the way it is. His kingdom. I love this about the kingdom of God. It's not about uh, eating and drinking, but it's about um, the Holy Spirit, right? But that's not the passage I was going to talk about. The kingdom of God is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And this line I wrote down, to advance your breakthrough... So the advance of your breakthrough lies in the retreat of your heart. Now, I'm not that good. It's obviously the Holy Spirit. That's a great, I thought it was a great word. So the, the, advance, the advance of your breakthrough lies in the retreat of your heart. You want to break through that way, but God says, no, no, you go, you go into the secret place with me. Because now you're trying to do this by yourself, and it could be a business deal, it could be anything else, what you want to do. I want to do this, I push this in myself. I know Jesus is with me, I get that. But it doesn't work that way. Because how it works is you go to the secret place, you go with God, and you pray, and you worship, and you adore him, and then you go into the situation, and you'll see that God is looking and taking care of you. It's just effortless. So the thing is, though, it's the wrong way around. Some of us are banging our heads against the wall because you're trying to get through and it isn't happening. Sometimes you need to step back. 
Just step back. I know. Crazy, isn't it? The, I say that. I mean, it's so different than I used to say, right? I mean, I never did step back. It's just not, not in my vocabulary. I'm, I'm talking about, I hear myself talking and say, what are you saying, Gideon? That's amazing, you know? Because I, ne- I never used to have it myself even. But I'm learning to step back even from my reactions to people. I used to be straight away, thanks, mess, mess with me. You know, I'm Dutch, you know, you, you're going to get it. And then, oh man, so many things have happened. It was really bad in my life. And I've lost so many friends through that. Really bad, serious. And good intentions, but hey, I thought you had my back, you know, like that. And I said, no, 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 that's not the, that's, I, I never see Jesus do that. You know, never. He steps back, doesn't he? And he stands there and he just loves. And I said, oh, well, whatever, you know. And then not only and then pray and then pray for your enemy and that whole thing. So it's it's really the upside down kingdom. It's not my message. I'm just saying to you, for some people, this is your message today because I felt it to get sent to you too. Amen in Jesus' name. So we need to learn to trust in God. <laughs> Proverbs three: Trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your mind, all your soul. What? What? Oh, yeah, sorry, I need to go through so much, and I want to honor time. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to be twelve o'clock today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You can read it yourself. This is not me. I'm, I'm, I'm the only reader here. And what? He will make your path straight. It's just very basic, right? Anyway, and now I'm going to my message. That is, uh, I want to talk about the priority of the kingdom of God. I'd like you to turn your Bibles Turn your Bibles to uh, Matthew uh, 6, 19 to 36. I'm going to read this to you, and then we're going to go. We can actually read it together, as long as you're not too slow. Um, I can read it together. Why don't you stand together? That's good for you. Stand together, and let's read the scripture. Powerful scripture. Here we go. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroys, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Verse 25, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? 
See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry. Stop. Let's say it together. Do not worry. Continue, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But first, first, the kingdom is righteousness, and all the things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble you did so well. You may be seated. Father, thank you. Bless this word. Amen. So today I want to talk about the priority of the kingdom of God. So many of us worry. Another word that is described of worry here in the scriptures is anxiety. Worry or anxiety is used here in the scriptures in different verses in this way. Particularly through the COVID era, we've seen a lot of things happen that made a lot of people anxious and worry. And of course, the fallout of the whole thing of high interest rates, uh, how food prices, and you name it all, uh, mortgages, is really hard for many of us. Then there's issues that, that we struggle with, like climate change and the whole natural disasters that are coming everywhere these days. And then we see a rapid uh, decline in morality, and then we see the woke culture. And those, all these things make us worry and make us anxious. And people struggle with mental and emotional health issues it's tough for a lot of people and then there's an uncertain future what will the future bring it's uncertain for many of us and many are depressed lots of stress in people's lives it's quite amazing isn't it that that with all the advances of science and of medic, medic medication and medicine all these things that should really help us in our lives these days that still worry anxiety is on the rise it's not going down, it's going up. Lots of things around the place. Why is worry and anxiety still on the rise? Well, one of the things Jesus says here in his famous Sermon on the Mount, that this problem is a byproduct of prioritizing the temporal over the eternal. It is prioritizing the natural over the supernatural. And worry in life comes when we prioritize something over the kingdom of God or other than the kingdom of God. Jesus says, do not worry. Say it again. Do not worry. Tell your neighbor, do not worry. <clears throat> and so he connects worry with natural things like eating and drinking and those kinds of things. He says the pagans look after the stuff. They're seeking the stuff. But your father is different. He already knows what you need before you even ask him. So you need to trust him. I love this word worry. I'm not sure if you know, but worry comes from an old English word, word called virgan. No, somebody can say it much better. Virgan? Virgan. W-Y-R-G-E. A-N, Virgen, Virgen, from which we get the old German word, Würgen, with the umlaut, 
on top. That's Wurgen. It's true. And when we get the Dutch word, <laughs> worgen. Everybody say worgen. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Worgen. Goedemorgen. Worgen. Goedemorgen is good morning. And then worgen. But you can say it, can't you? Worgen. You got to have the G. Only the Dutch and the Israelites can speak that Jewish. Oh, sorry. And South Africa. Sorry. Sorry. But you got Dutch background. I mean, call you the Dutch background. Come on. It's like, you know, it's just, yeah, fair enough. South Africa. But that's all deduction, you know. Anyway, worgen. But what does it mean? Worgen is to worg somebody. means to strangle somebody. So it talks about the... the, the it's true. It says it means to ch- strangle or to choke. That's what worry is serious. It's strangle or to choke. See, worry is so dangerous. Why it is so dangerous? Because worry can choke the life out of you. Worry can choke the life out of you and the faith out of you and hope out of you and love out of you. And then what happens? Then fear comes in. And when fear comes in, faith goes out the door. Because you can't have fear and faith in the same body, in the same mind. You can't be full of fear and also be full of faith at the same time. And fear will drive out faith. So it's a real, real problem. And then what can happen is that we've got to watch out because then the whole lives can be full of fear and full of worry. And I, see, I meet people regularly. They are like this. And it floods out faith and hope. It strangles your life. And then it becomes your default setting in life. Anybody meet people like that? It becomes your default setting in life. See, worry in the Bible, worry is a sin. Why? It's because worry distracts from the character of God to provide and to protect you. It's unbelief. Right? It's unbelief. It's not trusting in God. And then Jesus says, look at the birds of the field and all this kind of stuff. Are you not more valuable than they are? And of course you are. Of course I am. And he says, then don't worry. Because I look after you. So my question to us here, are you struggling with trusting God at this time? Are you maybe distracted from the goodness of God to provide for you, to protect you? If so, then you probably need to review your priorities. You probably look at your priorities. If you are a son or daughter in the the kingdom of God, then you know or you should know that God is on your side. He's got your back. He provides for you. He protects you. It's just the way it is. And we can be free, living free from fear and anxiety and worry, even though things go bad or struggles are in our lives or all around us. See, I don't see worry and fear and anxiety in the life of Jesus. Have you? I've never seen that in him. He's so relaxed, like cool, man. It's like serious. He's like just relaxed because he was so, he's so trusting God. He's just so... You know, that, that's a picture, of course, how we can trust God. He's not given us a spirit of fear. Come on, Timothy says he has given us a spirit of what? Of love and power and a sound mind. I tell you, I wonder sometimes where the sound mind is. In my own life, my wife asks the same question sometimes. <laughs> my own life, but also in the, in the church, you guys. Sorry. 
and of course in the world around us, serious. I mean, what we meditate on, what we focus on, what we think about, what we dwell upon, that's who you become, right? This will be the default response of your life. This is the lens through which you will see life. And I meet people all the time. They're so negative. So negative, negative. Everything is about <clears throat> end of the world or conspiracy or whatever. I still meet people right now. I said, what, 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 exactly, what are you full of? What are you actually watching the whole time? Are you watching the kingdom of God? Are you spending time with the Holy Spirit? Are you getting just absorbed into this kingdom reality, which is so glorious and powerful? Yes, there's things around the place and things go on. I mean, the, the, you know, there's things will always happen. Struggles will always happen. There's always going to be evil. It's the devil and it's the flesh. And there's always going to be the world. But hey, I don't live. I live in this world, but I'm not of the world. I'm living the kingdom of God. So I live with the relationship of Jesus. And I can't believe that some Christians are come to me and they're all like this negative. Why are you so negative? Change your life. Prioritize what you look at, what you listen to, and what you go after. Amen? Amen. Man, when we, meditate on every, when we meditate on everything that can be shaken, we, we will be shaky people, full of worry and fear. But when we adopt the mindset of heaven, the mindset of the kingdom of God, then we start to realign our lives completely according to the kingdom reality. And then you take captive those thoughts when they come and they don't belong in the kingdom of God. It's actually in the Bible, that verse. You take captive those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. That's, that's an active thing. But that's how you do it. But you're not going to stay in this negativity, are you? We're not called to live a negative life. Come on. If everything around us is shaken, the one thing that we can be so sure about, that we are part of an unshakable kingdom. Everybody say, unshakable kingdom. <clears throat> it's unshakable, immovable, unbreakable, unbreakable, unrelenting, all-powerful, and it's based, unstoppable. It's all based on Jesus Christ, the rock, and he will never move. He'll never move. He's the Lion of Judah. He will never move. Actually, he's on the move. Sorry, Lion Jew is a bad example. He's, he's actually on the move. It's actually, I'm going to come to that. He, but, but he is so strong as the Lion of Judah. But he's the rock of ages. He's the foundation stone to the church. That will never move. That will never move. I saw this thing of Daniel 2.44. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will be set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Here it talks about the mountain of God. No will be left to another people. And I will crush all those kingdoms and bring them all to an end. But itself, it will endure forever. Revelation 11. And there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have now become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. That's where we're going. But right now we're practicing until we come to the thousand-year reign and we will reign with Christ over the earth for a thousand years. That's awesome. Yeah? New bodies and stuff is awesome. But the thing is right now we're practicing. Well, start practicing. You've got the authority. We're on the winning side. We live from victory. Christ has won us the victory. We walk from victory. We don't walk towards victory. We walk from victory, live from victory. So let's start showing up in our victory in our lives. I suggest. Why not? This show up, it should show up somewhere in your life. Amen? Whew, good stuff. Gonna encourage myself. So, the antidote to worry and stress and anxiety is to prioritize the Lordship of Jesus Christ at the center of your life. 
And when you prioritize him at the center of your life, that the cross is at the center of your life, you will see that things are going to change. And that's why Jesus said here in Matthew 33, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all the other things shall come to you as well. But it is a matter of priority. It is not seeking your kingdom. It's not about my kingdom, your kingdom, or anybody's kingdom. It's about the kingdom of God. So my question to us is, what is our priority? What are we seeking after? What has your attention all the time? What are you chasing after? Lots of people chasing after a lot of stuff. I love this in the Passion Translation, verse 33. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all the less important things will be given to you abundantly. Come on, we are to chase the kingdom of God. It should be our priority. Chase the king himself. What we do in the secret place, what we do together in the church, just make sure that he is number one in your life. Always first priority. It's always about the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's always a kingdom perspective that we have. And that's why I love this series, because the series is aligning us to the truth of his kingdom, of his rule and his reign. And honestly, it takes quite a while for us to shift. Now, I've been preaching about this now this whole year so far, right? The whole heavenly alignment. Now, I think things are coming. My life is coming, which is a great plus for me. Great plus for you, because then you get this kind of stuff. But the thing is, though, it's also coming to you. It's coming to us together as a community. And there's no other way. Yeah, there is another way. You can become a nominal church and go nowhere. You can do that if you want to, but not on my watch. You can go somewhere else. You can pay somebody else. I'll believe. That's not on my watch. This is not what the kingdom of God is all about. We're going to see God move in a powerful way in our church, in our lives. So seeking first the kingdom of God is a realigning of our will, of our emotions. Everybody, a realigning to the lordship of Jesus Christ. To reorient, reorient our thinking that we can't do it by ourselves. Even Jesus couldn't do it by ourselves. Why do we think we can do it by ourselves? He says, I do what the Father, I see the Father doing. I follow what the Father is doing. There's such unity with the Father. And so we are called to be so unified with the Holy Spirit. Well, where do you want to get this? On the roller coaster? No. You're held on, dear life. Ah! <clears throat> That's not where you have intimacy with God, right? You say, help God, help me. That's not an issue. Intimacy with God. And so we need to move away from our self-reliance and become God-reliant. We've got to move away from our own focus and start focusing on Jesus and focusing on God. And I'll tell you what happens then. It says here, first seek the kingdom and all the other. Then the kingdom of God will become accessible to you. Same as that word I had before, you bang your head against the wall. Well, the reason why is because you do the wrong way around. You're stroking the cat the wrong way. Doesn't like it. Doesn't like it. Very quiet in here, by the way. Can't go like this. Everything revolves around Jesus. Everything revolves around our love for Him. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, everything. 
And the new covenant, the old covenant. But in the new covenant, said Jesus, the way I loved you, now you love everybody else and you love yourself. So it is, it is love. We, we are pivot around love. That's our, that's our pivoting, you know, around love. Total mind, body, and soul, everything. Surrender to him. Any of you ever go in a secret place? Do you ever go on your knees and prostrate before the Lord? That's why some of us in the front, because we've got space. You can come to the front too, by the way. If you, you don't have to sit there. This is much more fun here. You've got space. That's why sometimes some of us go on the floor. They lie down and they prostrate because we go low. Because I know when we go low, he goes high. And we go higher with him. Guys, it is a position of the heart. And it's got to change in the church. If we want to see revival, then this has to change. Because there's no other revival than you and I being revivaled. Revivaled. Revived. I've seen revival. Being revivaled. I should make a book of all the words that we found here. Being revivaled. <laughs> Listen to this. This is what I wrote. Listen to this. I love, I love this. So we need to be saturated with the power and with the purpose and with the presence and with the principles and with the promises and with the priorities of the kingdom of God. All these P's. Let's say it together. We got to be, no, don't worry. Because I haven't got it over there. We need to saturate it with the presence of God, with his power, his promises, his principles, his priorities, everything with part. All in for Jesus. All in for Jesus. There's no other thing on the menu. He is everything for us. He is at the center of our lives and everything pivots around him. Everything aligns around him. And God becomes the compass of our lives. We go after him. And this affects everything we do. It's how we do relationships. It's how we steward our sexuality. It's how we manage our money. Handle our money. It's how we manage our diaries. It's how we make every decision. It is under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And it's not about how you feel. Well, I feel I want to No, no, you don't. No, it's not about feeling. You can, you can feel nice. I mean, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Two of them are feelings. So absolutely, I always feel excited about the Lord. But the thing is, though, that you, you, you don't live by feelings, right? Because they can lie to you. We live by the principles of God. You can't stroke the cat the wrong way around. You got to stroke the cat the right way around. And it starts purring and all these things start to happen. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall come into your situation at all. Come on. This whole kingdom of God is not about two hours on a Sunday morning. It's about 24 hours every day, fully devoted, fully in Christ, fully surrendered, fully devoted. Everything for him. Amen? Come on, man. We need to, we need to prioritize Jesus in our lives again. That's the difference between, between a fan and a follower. A fan comes when the team is winning and we're going well, but they quickly go when things are not going very well. But the follower of Jesus is the person who's on their knees, that prostrates before their life, and say, man, I'm here for you. I'm fully devoted. I'm fully committed to you. My life is surrendered to you. Actually, you are my life. I lost my life. That is for a follower. A follower. That's what Jesus did. Jesus had all power, all authority. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, not my will, but your will be done. Man, he could have angels come and do everything for him. He was the son of God, for goodness sake. He had all power, but he submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And there's too many people in the church who are committed to God, Jesus as Savior, but not as Lord. Well, the Bible says that Jesus is Savior and Lord. He needs to be Lord of our lives. 
And then we live in union with him. Like a child. Fully surrendered. Fully dependent on him. And daddy will take care of this. Now, it doesn't always go, go smooth. I know people are struggling even in this house. Struggling. I have struggled. And I haven't seen. We talked about it last time. The power, remember the power of the kingdom of God. I spoke about this whenever. You know, we live in a mystery. We just buried, you know, with um, uh, uh, Jody Barnett, you know, from Simon Barnett's wife, you know, we're just on Friday, you know. Do you understand it? I don't. We prayed for him. Five years prayed. All of us. Didn't see it happen. We live with the mystery. But like I said last time, I will not allow the mystery to offend my heart and to offend the word of God. I will always, it's, it's on our side. We, I don't know why, why. It's not on God's side. Could he heal? Yes, he can. We don't understand why not. But he's still good. He will never not be good. And so we live with this mystery. There's a big difference of Jesus being resident in your heart or the president of your entire lives. Maybe he's resident in your life. You've become born again a Christian, but you haven't made him the president of your life commander-in-chief of your heart and God wants to be the commander of chief in your life is he the lord of your life is he the president of your heart I wrote this down the secret of the Christian life is when we start to live according to the principles and the values of the kingdom of God and when we do then there is blessing Favor, anointing, provision, protection. We need to stroke the cat the wrong way. The kingdom will not move for you. We need to move for him and move to him. We need to find an alignment in our lives. We need to prioritize him in our lives. And we need to count the cost. I tell you something, this will not be easy. You're not going to say, hey, the kingdom is just in my house, it's so easy. It's not easy at all. Because there's a clash of the titans. There's a clash of kingdoms. The enemy and your flesh, your unrenewed mind, and the world don't want you to change and align to the kingdom of God. But Jesus does. So there's a clash going on here. And that's why a beautiful, in, in verse 22, Jesus talked about this. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve, you cannot serve both God and money. Now he's saying this as an example of this whole thing of stewardship and of uh, seeking first the kingdom of God. Money is a stronghold of many people's lives. One of the hardest things to convert and to realign to the kingdom of God. So he's using this example to say something here we got to make choices in our lives about the kingdom of God. And so my question is, what do you want? What are you going after? I ask you this question. Where in your life can someone see the priorities of Jesus in your life? If somebody opens your diary, would they find where the priorities of Jesus are? When somebody opens your bank account... Will somebody see the priorities of Jesus? Any place in your life, where is the priority of Jesus visible, even though it's invisible for most people? And you think you're going to get away with it. Well, you're not. 
And the reason why is because God loves you too much. He wants you free. He wants you to fly. And so that's why he wants us to realign to the kingdom of God, to make sure that we become everything that God has called us to be in every way. Now, there's three prophetic words, quickly, and then we're going to worship, and then we're going to do whatever. Oh, communion. Two, three, three quick words. One is, I, I, I wrote here, Aslan is on the move. Now, Aslan is from the Chronicles of Narnia, if you don't understand it. Aslan, he means the king, lion king. Uh, Jesus is the lion of Judah. Just so you know, he's the lion of Judah, right? Okay, so three things. One, there was a prophet the other day in Auckland, and I feel so strong about this because we don't want to just have nice sessions here. We're actually on a move. We're actually in a flow. We are a prophetic community, an apostolic community. We're not just a nice little thing, a little, little teaching, a little worship thing. That's not what we do. We're actually on the move. So Catherine and I will always be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Where are you moving? And we'll all go into the direction of what God is saying. One prophet said in Auckland, she's very known. I won't tell her name, but she's awesome. And she said the other day, uh, she saw the lion of Judah. She saw the lion. And then she felt that the lion said to her, Jesus said to her, I am not impressed with the church. And I thought, well, that's fair enough. I'm not very impressed with the church sometimes. And I love my church. You know what I mean? I'm not impressed. But then, there was groaning, and there were prayers, and there was worship, and then his ears picked up, and things were shifting, started to shift. And these are the prayers of the people. We are seeing a shift in this nation. So we're going to see a shift in this nation because of people like us who are leaning in, and particularly in secret places in the prayer meetings. You know, since we had started the prayer meetings, we calculated since the prayer meetings. Uh, three months ago, we've seen an increase in finance. I know a lot of you become more faithful in the area and you steward better or well. Some of you are not yet, but they will come. But the thing is, though, what I'm trying to say is, if you see that, you see the groaning and you see the, the things of the, of the Spirit, you'll see right now the, the Holy Spirit starts to move. The second thing is, we went to Numa Church the other day. A month ago, 10 of us went to Numa Church. And he has such a powerful word for us. It was about seven minutes long. <clears throat> and I can't say it all now together, but just a little bit here. One, he says, God, he was prophesying, Corey at the church, God is turning things around politically and spiritually. Not my words, his words. Politically and spiritually, he is turning things around. He says there's a shift happening right now and you are in a sifting season. Now, I almost fell off my chairs when I heard my chair the other day when I heard it again. But I couldn't fall off my chair because I was standing in the front of the altar. I couldn't believe it because Catherine had those words last year, shift and sift and lift. He said that literally there's a sifting, there's a pulling up and tearing down in the things. And God is releasing revival. It is a new time. And God is on the move. And the roaring, the, the roar of the lion, the lion is roaring. And the lion is roaring. Then last week, Norm had this picture of the lion sitting down on some of you. And some of you have told me that you felt his manes going past your face. Literally, his face. And so the lion was here sitting on people. Now, we had this prayer meeting on Tuesday. Guys, why don't you come to the prayer meetings at 6 p.m.? There's always 12 people there. We should all be there. Serious. I'm not telling you off, but this is the best meeting of the whole week. It's so prophetic. It's so powerful. It's so glorious. And there, everything changes, even for you. So let's sit, do it together. Let's not have a few people do that. Let's all of us do that. Anyway, so the thing is though, we, we sit there and I suddenly saw this lion here, as big as the whole room, lying that way, with his face that way. Massive lion here. I thought, oh guys, massive lion here. 
And I was just purring away. It's like, great. And we were worshiping, praying. So, and at the end, well, God's my witness. And at the end, I saw him turning his face towards me. I was standing here, turning his face towards me with this big grin on his face. Yes! I said, yes! Because his ears were pricked up and he looked at me with such a beautiful smile I will never forget with his beautiful fiery eyes. He said, well done. I hear you. I'm changing things. I'm on your side. Keep praying. Keep worshiping. Keep leaning into my spirit. And I will do what you can never do by yourself. But honor me first. You can't have your normal life. You don't have a normal life. You don't have a life. It's my life in you. Anyway. And then... um, Oh, no, that was it. <laughs> Let's stand together. And so, and so, you guys ready? Okay, good. And so, so, that's what, so I, I feel something really powerful is happening right now because the lion is here. And there's a sense of the Word of God saying the lion is on the move. That means something is changing. That means that we need to realign our lives. That we need to prioritize our lives around the kingdom, around the king and the lion who is roaring at the moment and things are changing. Now, I don't know if you feel the roaring in your life. I feel the roaring in my life. And there is a clashing of of kingdoms in my own personal life as I want to become more and more like Christ. But it's not always easy. But you got to keep leaning in. you got to keep worshiping. And say, Lord, I'm yours. we got to be hungry for the presence of God. So let's lean into Him. Let's lean into His presence. And let our voices arise. Let's speak to our own soul. I saw our voices arise in this way. Last week, you know, we had this norm. He had to speak to this river, ankle deep, knee deep. Come on, we're getting higher and higher into the river of God and so experience this but let's do this together not just the front row everybody do this together in this place and we'll see a mighty move of the Holy Spirit so some of us need to speak to your soul come on come on my soul come on my soul do you know who's living inside of you not just outside inside of you come on let's sing the song so good come on Jesus let's pray in love and say come on my soul don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul Cause you've got a lion inside those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Come on my soul Oh don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul Cause you've got a lion inside those lungs Get up this week you start speaking to your soul come on my soul do you know who's living inside of you come on who's living inside of you is the king of glory and he wants to roar he is roaring but he wants to hear your voice he wants to 
wants to hear your voice, our voices. Hear our voices, we decree, is the part of our national anthem. Hear our voices. Come on, let our voices be heard, not only at the polling booth, but also in our lives. And start, start blessing Him, and start praying, and start seeking Him with all of our hearts, because He is so worthy of our praise, so worthy of our honor. And we bless your holy name. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. You are the light of Judah. You are the roaring sun. You are worship. We worship you, Jesus. There's no one like you. We bless your holy name. Have your way, we pray. Have your way. Have your way. Come on, let's sing it. Let's sing in the spirit for a little bit. Thank you for the moving spirit. Thank you, Lord, that we're moving into your Holy Spirit. I saw all of us right now. I saw all of us. I saw all of us like this, this like, like the prophetic thing. Let's all do it. I, I, I feel like we need to all just, just kind of this flow. It's like, it's like a position change. I feel like we all need to just look that way. And there's nothing really particular there. But I feel it's just, it's, it's just a prophetic sign of we're actually, we're actually turning. We actually are positioning ourselves. We actually are, are prioritizing Jesus. We're actually going to change our current right now. And we're going to change towards Jesus cross is here anyway so well, let's go to the cross that's probably good let's change our focus just to the cross this is right there this right now father we prophetically turn towards your son and we say lord that we will prioritize the kingdom in our lives we will no longer be distracted about the world and flesh and the voices even the negative voices we will not give in to worry anxiety that we will, Jesus, will have you at the center of our lives, in the center of this church. I thank you, Lion of Judah, that you are roaring right now. Somebody had a picture of the angels coming to, masses, masses amounts of angels coming right now. So we are in such a prophetic season right now, people. And so let's lean into that. Let, let's pray into it. Don't just come on a Sunday or oh, next Sunday again. No, no, let, let's tomorrow again or tonight again and, to, and on Tuesday again. Let's make some time for the Lord. Let's some time and to seek him and just pray and keep saying lord align me align me align me align me align me 24 7 so i can be free and we will see the mighty revival <sighs> you know one of the things i really enjoyed at the conference there um is that i didn't know but i don't know why i didn't know but Smith Wigglesworth, when he gave the prophecy about the, well, about the revival at the end days coming from uh, the great south land of the Holy Spirit, I thought it was Australia. And we can, a little brother, we can also play along. But it was not. He said it was the great south lands of the Holy Spirit. It was Australia, New Zealand, and the South Pacific. That out this, this, this beautiful, these nations, a roar would come. They will be so powerful and so glorious. We're like a tidal wave back to the world. This is the other most parts of the world. But that's what God does. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? 
Hey, it's going to have to come out of Chicago. Thank you, brother. Out of Chicago for one day, this guy. For one day, he came up for Chicago. My wife comes to Chicago. Can anything come good come out of New Zealand? Small nation. Most people don't even know where it is. But that's the upside down kingdom, people. That's the upside down kingdom. He loves doing this. He loves Jesus in the manger. What do you mean in the manger, little baby? He loves that. Because he can show his glory. It's not by might, not by power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to take communion right now. And I, I, I don't know what to say. I just take it and say, Jesus, all about you. Just sift me, lift me, sift me. And just, I want to align myself to you. I want to prioritize you. You're my everything. So we do that just to honor him. And then we'll get some worship and we're done.